0: bhaktiviranta swanitinamne namaste sarasatunde ve koravani vacharane nirvishesha srinivadi paskatyade satarane Welcome everyone Today the class is in English Is that Dhruva? And uh, I'm going to read a verse from the Bhagavad Gita, and this is going to be the third chapter. The title of the lecture was Our Duties in Kali Yuga. So for those who want to look on this is Bhagavad Gita, chapter three, text number 39. 30, uh, 30. Let's try 36. 36. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. So I'll read the verse, the verse and, the, and then we'll read a little bit of the, the purport. We'll read the purport. Shreya Swadamo Viguna Paradharma Swanusitat Sve Dharma Nidanam Shreya. It is far better to discharge one's prescribed duties, even though faulty than another's duties perfectly. Destruction, the cost of performing one's own duty is better than engaging another's duties, but to follow another's path is dangerous. Sushu Prabhupada's purple One to their discharge his prescribed duties in full Krishna consciousness rather than those prescribed for others. Materially prescribed duties are duties enjoined according to one's psychophysical condition under the spell of the modes of material nature. Spiritual duties are as ordered by the spiritual master of the transcendental service of Krishna. But Whether material or spiritual, one should stick to his prescribed duties even up to death rather than imitate another's prescribed duties. Duties on the spiritual platform and duties on the material platform may be different, but the principles of following the authorized direction is always good for the performer. When one is under the spell of the modes of material nature, one should follow the prescribed rules for his particular situation and should not imitate others. For example, a brahmana, who is in the mode of goodness is nonviolent whereas a kshatriya, who's in the mode of passion, is allowed to be violent. As such, for a kshatriya, it is better to be vanquished following the rules of violence than to imitate a brahmana who follows the principles of non-violence. Everyone has to cleanse his heart by a gradual process, not abruptly. However, when one transcends the modes of material nature and is fully situated in Krishna consciousness, he can perform anything and everything under the direction of a bona fide spiritual master. In that complete stage of Krishna consciousness, the Kshatriya may act as a Brahmana, or Brahmana may act as a Kshatriya. In the transcendental stage, the distinctions of the material world do not apply. For example, Vishwamrita was originally a Kshatriya, but later on he acted as a Brahmana. Whereas Parasaram was a Brahmana, but later on, he acts as the Kshatriya. Being transcendently situated, he, they could do so. But as long as one is on the material platform, he must perform duty, his duties according to the most material nature. At the same time, he must have a full sense of Krishna consciousness. So the verse again shreyo Swadamo Viguna Paradharma Swanustitat Svedarame Nidanam, Shayak Paradharma Vayavaha. It is far better to discharge one's prescribed duties, even though faulty, than another's duties perfectly. Destruction of the cost of performing one's own duty is better than engaging in another's duties. To follow another's path is dangerous. Namaste Sarasatundeve, Gauravani Nirvi Shesha, Srinivadi Satare. There is a system called Varnashram, and that system is to engage our physical bodies according to our psychophysical nature. There's another system called devotional service, which, will also engage our body and mind and intelligence, but according to the instructions of Krishna coming from the disciples accession. Now the difference is our false ego, when under the spell of the false ego, then they have to perform the duties according to their psychophysical nature. Now, of course, we can understand that in Kali Yuga, which we happen to be, if we ask people to perform duties according to their psychophysical nature, we'll find out they have no idea what their psychophysical nature is. Or, as it says in the well, it says in the scriptures, that kalo sudra sambhava, that everyone was born shudra, shudra, that by birth everyone is, is born a shudra, shudra means one who identifies or misidentifies themselves with their gross and subtle material bodies. And therefore, they're always, they have a tendency towards lamentation. And samskara bhavat vija. But by a little bit of good association, one may have an insight that there's something beyond the material body. And then veda, panda, Bhavat, vipra then one can study the Vedas and brahmana jatiti brahmana and then one can understand that I am Brahman. I am a spiritual soul. So duties on the spiritual platform begin with understanding that I'm a spiritual soul. Now we may not realize it completely, but by performing duties on that level of consciousness, then one will gradually come to that realization. But at least theoretically, one has to understand one's identity as dasa, dasa, anodasa, that the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. A devotional service, as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, begins at the time of liberation. Or if we're actually performing devotional service, we should do it in the spirit that I'm a spiritual being and that I'm the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. We may not always feel that way, we may not always see that way, we we may not always understand that, but at least there has to be some part of our life where that's put into practice. So that's generally called sadhana bhakti, and then sadhana bhakti prepares us so that when we do our activities, either for spreading Krishna consciousness or for maintenance of our family or whatever, then there's a sense of Krishna consciousness to what we're doing. It's not that we have one life in the temple and then we have a completely different life outside the temple. Now, maybe, hopefully it's easier to practice Krishna consciousness when we're performing sadhana bhakti. In other words, that's why we have sadhana bhakti, chanting Hare Krishna is best done in a nice clean room in one's house, or in a temple surrounded by pictures of Krishna. So even if our eyes wander, they wander to Krishna. Even if our minds are not completely fixed, then at least if we see others doing the same thing we're doing, then we come back to realize, to remember what we're supposed to be doing. So in this age, especially The method we've heard, and we all know, is the chanting of the holy names of Krishna. But the chanting of the holy names takes um, not only knowledge, it takes perspective, it takes conviction, it takes skill, and it takes character in order to perfect the chanting of the holy names. So knowledge means that we're hearing so many different things, we're hearing so many different things from the scripture, like we're hearing about Krishna. Now, just by hearing about Krishna, knowledge about Krishna, doesn't mean that necessarily we're going to understand things properly, which is perspective. For instance, one may read the Krishna book and believe, after hearing the Krishna book, that Krishna is a thief. If someone asks you just by simply reading Krishna book and you didn't know anything else, who is Krishna? He, oh, he's the person he likes to steal. He was born in a prison because his parents were criminals. Somehow or another he escaped. And after escaping the prison, he went to Vrindavan and practically everyone who came to visit him, he killed because of this criminal propensity he had, including some, some nurse came to give him some milk and he killed her too. Then when he grew up after a life of crime, he started, he organized his own mafia in Vrindavan. Every day they went out and stole things, especially the only thing that the inhabitants of Vrindavan had were milk products. And so that's what he got his hands on and stole. And he even got some monkeys to join his mafia. So later on, when he got a little older, he started to chase after the girls. And when he chased after them, he, ra- he fled the, the village. And then he expanded his criminal activities. When he went to Mathura, he killed his uncle. He had his brother killed his other uncles. And, and then anyone who came to visit him, he continued his life of slaughtering them. Then things got so difficult for him. He fled into the ocean and only came out of the ocean to go and steal women from other, from other palaces. So in this way, Krishna continued his life of crime <laughs> and his <laughs> wicked ways. So indeed, people, if they don't have a hearing from a perspective, just by reading something, they can get the wrong perspective. Although Shubhrava wrote the Krishna book, The Tenth Canto of the Shemad Bhagavatam, in it, he included the commentary, he included commentary so we wouldn't misunderstand what Krishna is doing and why he's doing it. <clears throat> so just knowledge itself can mislead us. <clears throat> knowledge is just knowing something. But to perspective means to see things from a point of view, ultimately from Krishna's point of view. To you know how everything is put together, how everything is integrated, and what the priorities are, what's the, most, what's the most significant things in that, amongst the different how things are are existing in this world, what are the most important things, and how everything is interrelated, ultimately in Krishna consciousness. By perspective alone, that will not be sufficient, although perspective is certainly better than simply knowledge. Because by simply knowledge we can be misled into using that knowledge simply for fruitive activities and mental speculation. And therefore Prabhupada said blind following and absurd inquiries are condemned. One should not only hear submissively, but one should get a clear understanding through submission, service, and inquiries. So the next thing is perspective. Clear understanding. But there are different levels of perspective, uh, perspective, perspection, to see things in the right perspective. Uh, One has to develop that to the platform of becoming convinced. That is, when one uh, applies both knowledge and perspective in skills, in developing skills. So what are those skills? Ultimately, as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, the skill is the, how to become expert at devotional service. And devotional service has four levels of practicing expertise. One of them is to how to love Krishna. What does it mean to love Krishna? Who is Krishna and what does he want us to do? love of krishna means service to krishna so in order to love krishna we have to get to know krishna but in order to get to know krishna but in order to get to know krishna we have to know what krishna wants us to do because we can't perceive krishna immediately with our blunt senses Atakshi, krishna namayi nabravet priyam indriyan we may not see krishna directly in front of us because what can we see Uh, We don't even see ourselves, so what to speak of seeing Krishna? But we can find out what Krishna wants us to do, therefore Krishna speaks Bhagavad Gita, and he tells us what he wants us to do. Now he says two things, we have prescribed duties, but as I said we don't have very easily to figure out what our prescribed duties are, because at best our modes of nature are quite mixed. Most of us are not pure Brahmins who can light fires by mantra. Nor are we Kshatriyas who can rule over a kingdom. We can hardly keep our room in order. Nor are we Vaishyas who are going to go out and protect thousands of cows. We don't even know how to milk a cow. We probably hardly ever see a cow. And nor... We're not even, we're just struggling to become bona fide shudras and become submissive to instructions. <clears throat> in any case, we do have propensities, and those propensities can be utilized, because there are those especially who come to the Christian consciousness movement are generally higher in the modes of nature than ordinary people. And Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Yesham antikatam papam jananam punyakarmanam." karmanam that those who are actually <coughs> able to practice devotional service to some degree or another, they must have been freed from their past sinful activities, and they must have been they must be performing pious activities, and therefore become free from the dualities of delusion at least to some extent, and therefore at least to some extent. be able to engage themselves in Krishna's service with determination. Now by the practice of devotional service, we can gain more and more determination. In other words, by association with Krishna, by coming to the platform of associating with Krishna, becoming more Krishna conscious, through the process of devotional service, then gradually our sinful activities will diminish, our pious activities will increase, and gradually will become more and more determined in Krishna consciousness. Now, in order to engage our propensities as they develop, or as as they have developed, Sri Prabhupada has given us the sankirtan movement. So those who have sufficient brain, those who are sufficiently intelligent, and although we may not be fully intelligent. We may not understand exactly our, who our, what our spiritual identity is. We may not be that much aware of Krishna all the time. We may not be that much disciplined in our habits and our daily habits, but we have at least enough intelligence to understand that the process of chanting Hare Krishna, the process of deity worship, the process of, of hearing the scriptures, the process of serving the devotees, and the process of making the atmosphere spiritual or living in a spiritual atmosphere are beneficial for our spiritual development. So in the meantime, for those who are interested or have an opportunity to engage in chanting the Holy Names and who want to make progress towards conviction, then we should utilize our present skills, our present knowledge, our present perception present convictions, and utilize them in Krishna's service. So for those who are actually more convinced than others, and have more knowledge and perspective on Krishna consciousness, generally speaking, they can explain Krishna consciousness to others. Therefore, we have classes, we have programs where people can hear about Krishna. Our whole idea is telling people to hear about Krishna is so that Eventually, if they hear enough, they can gain a perspective and see their lives, other people's lives, and other things around them in relation to Krishna. And therefore, when they hear about things, especially when they hear about disturbing things, they won't become disturbed. Like, for instance, we can look at the present coronavirus pandemic, or whatever it may be, as very disturbing. And indeed, for many people, for most people, it will be disturb- disturbing because they have little perspective. First of all, they don't know that they're not their body. They don't know what they have to leave in the body, what's going to happen to them. They don't know why people are suffering from any kind of different miseries in material existence. They don't know how to improve their lives to make it better in spite of the fact that we have a limitation. In other words, we can't avoid our present sociological uh, constrictions that are placed upon us because we're not the controllers of this universe, but we have to be part of the present circumstances. Still, we can understand that whatever happens in the external world, for better or worse, still our job is to cultivate Krishna consciousness. And that does not have to be impeded (coughs) by external circumstances. Whether there is this problem or that problem, there is always a problem, but we can chant Hare Krishna. We can still hear the, the scripture. We can still worship deities, even if we only had a picture or we only had a picture of the deity in our heart we can still worship Krishna in this form. We can still serve the devotees somehow or another. Even if we're a family member, we can sit down morning and evening with our children and our other family members and chant Hare Krishna together as much as possible. Even if we have to do it alone, at least if we have a dog or a goldfish, they'll also hear. They're also part of the family. Therefore, and we can always make the atmosphere spiritual. So in that way, we can practice devotional service in spite of whatever impediments are. But if we have the opportunity, we're more knowledgeable, we're more convinced, we have a perspective how to see Krishna consciousness then we can explain it to others. Like we can explain, for instance, that one of the reasons why these things go on, not only is because people are getting sinful reactions But sinful reactions are there in order to cool down people's consciousness. Those who are infatuated by material existence, they develop a feverish mentality for material enjoyment. And the mechanism to diminish that feverish mentality is by giving people sinful reactions. And when they experience the sinful reactions, then they realize that the material world is not simply a place of material enjoyment. It's also a place of material suffering. And then they may ask the question, why am I suffering? Rarely people ever ask, why am I enjoying? They think of course I'm enjoying because I'm supposed to enjoy. But when they're suffering, they generally ask, why am I enjoying, why am I suffering? Why does a good person like me, who's done everything perfectly throughout my, even before my conception, I was doing everything perfectly how is it possible that such a noble, great, elevated, praiseworthy, pure personality as myself could ever experience anything like a sinful reaction? Either God is asleep, or there is no God, or God just doesn't like my face, and therefore that's why he's doing this to me. <laughs> so as I said before, there was one rabbi, his name was Hari. was Krishna, Somehow or another, his name was Krishna, I don't know. And he had the theory why bad things happen to good people. So his theory was that God is a good person, but he's old. He's become senile. He developed Alzheimer's disease long ago. And therefore, right now, although he's trying to clutch the the world and keep it under control, his fingers are shaking because he's so, you know, his nervous system is broken down, and therefore he can't control things anymore like he used to. And therefore, now bad things are happening to good people. So we can only wait until God retires finally when he realizes it's time to seek, you know, he's over 65, he should get, take retirement, a pension, and retire. And then hopefully, some good angel will take over, and therefore, bad, good things will happen to good people. So that's a perspective, but our perspective is that a Krishna conscious perspective is that Krishna is simply lowering the feverish material mentality so that people will become more receptive to the message of God coming from Krishna through the simple succession. Now, the more we serve Krishna, the more we understand who Krishna is and put him into the proper perspective through the process of devotional service, because Krishna says, Bhakti-mam abhijananti yava only through the process of devotional service can I be understood. Only in that way can we, we enter into the mysteries of understanding Krishna. So our very process of manmana, bhava, bhakto, hearing about Krishna, chanting about Krishna, remembering Krishna, trying to become Krishna's devotee, worshiping Krishna, and trying to understand deeply what Krishna wants us to do, and then doing it in the spirit of service and renunciation, and then gradually we'll understand Krishna, and our perspective will become deeper, and as our perspective becomes deeper, so our conviction will become also deeper. Our conviction will come by our applying our skill in loving Krishna, through the process of devotional service, as I mentioned, and at the same time, understanding that Krishna is not only represented as the deity in the temple, but he's also represented in everyone's heart. As Vishnu Vishwanath Trakavati Thakur said, that anyone who only worships Krishna in the temple and doesn't understand how Krishna is in everyone's heart is uselessly worshipping the deity in the temple. That Krishna is also Paramatma, and therefore, he's, everybody is actually the temple for Krishna, and serving Krishna means to actually serve every living entity appropriately. How to learn how to serve every living entity appropriately. Therefore, we take instructions from those who are more expert than we are. So one may not be on the absolute platform of perfection in relationships, in service, in cooperation, in that service, or. But at least if they're better than we are, if we take example from them, and we take instruction from them, how to come to their platform of understanding, then we make progress gradually, become more and more expert, skillful in our relationship with others, especially with the devotees, especially with Krishna, especially with the innocent people, and even with the non-devotees. So that skill, When you put knowledge, perspective, conviction, and skill together, then we get Krishna's reciprocation. The more skillful we are in devotional service, the more loving we are in devotional service, because skill doesn't mean only to do things properly, to know what to do, but to do them effectively. Effectively means to put bhakti into whatever we're doing. It's good to accept that we should serve Krishna because he's a proprietor. It's good to understand what Krishna wants us to do, but perfection is to do everything to please Krishna out of love and with enthusiasm and steadiness with care and devotion, care and attention. So we not only want to pay attention to what we're doing, we want to do it lovingly and carefully also to please Krishna. Then the result is, the more we become Krishna conscious, then the more we develop character, the character of a pure devotee. Then the more we actually become Krishna's instrument, so that devotional service becomes natural, that we acquire the qualities by which devotional service becomes easy, natural, and spontaneous. Now, when we're trying to fight with our false ego, devotional service seems very difficult, because at one moment, for trying to become engaged in Krishna's service and the next moment because of lack of knowledge or the lack of perspective or the lack of skill, the lack of conviction, therefore we become deviated and therefore we find difficulty in keeping our minds fixed on Krishna. Instead it wanders to the lower into the most material nature and we become confused, we become confi- forgetful, we become confused. We lose our conviction and we don't think do things the way we think are they're ultimately proper. But the more we develop knowledge, the more we hear the scriptures, and the more we hear it in such a way as we try to understand things properly from Krishna's point of view, then the more skillfully we develop our service, then the more Krishna will reciprocate and will develop more and more conviction. Faith is something we believe. Conviction is something we'll die for. So we may superficially believe that Krishna is God or I'm Krishna's servant, but by the development of devotional service there'll come a time we'll be willing to do anything to serve Krishna. That we'll be able to give up anything, as it says, anukulyasya sankalpe pratikulyasya varjana So in the beginning, we're just trying to add Krishna to our lives, especially through those five powerful processes that I mentioned, so that everyone, wherever we are, whether we're in a temple, or in our home, if we can think our duty in this age is to chant the holy names, then wherever we are, we can do that. I may be living in the temple. I may be living at the outside, but at least to establish some kind of sadhana so that daily we're doing some chanting, we're doing some hearing from the scriptures about Krishna, we're worshiping, worshiping some form of Krishna. Hopefully, we do some. We have the opportunity to do some service for a devotee, and at the same time, we try to increase our spiritual atmosphere in which we're living, and if we have the opportunity to go out and try to increase other people's spiritual environment also. Then the result is that, gradually speaking, that our conviction will grow, and then the time will will come where we cannot live without Krishna, that we're convinced that there's nothing, there's no other goal in life, save and accept acting in Krishna consciousness, just to satisfy Krishna. So, in the beginning, we're trying to develop some sadhana, and by doing so, gradually, Krishna will reciprocate and give us more and more intelligence how to make progress, not only in gaining knowledge, but in gaining perspective, and therefore skill in our relationship with others, and becoming convinced that what I'm doing is absolutely true and right, and this is beneficial not only for myself, but for everyone else. Then gradually we'll see that we've become an instrument for Krishna, and that everything has become spontaneous. Krishna is using us as an instrument, and that whatever we're doing, whatever we desire to do, is all meant to please Krishna. So at first we're just trying to accept the process of devotional service, then we're trying to give up the things that are drawing our minds away from Krishna. Then gradually the conviction will come that Krishna will protect me, at the very least he'll protect my consciousness, and Krishna will maintain me. He'll maintain me in Krishna consciousness in any circumstance. Then we'll become aware that I have no interest besides Krishna's interest, that I'm the same quality as Krishna, I have the same nature, my My Business is to become blissful all the time, loving and fully conscious eternally in my relationship to Krishna. So when we actually put Krishna in the center, we we understand that there's nothing better, there's nothing more desirable than simply to put Krishna in the center of my life. And the more I do that, the more all my desires, all my doubts, all my confusion, all my lack of perspective, everything else will gradually diminish. That my conviction will increase, my skills will increase, and my good character will increase. Just if I can put Krishna in the center of my life, appropriately, with real knowledge, with real perspective, with actual skills and conviction, then the character I develop will be that of an actual pure devotee, following the footsteps of the other pure devotees. So to conclude that we have our psychophysical nature. If we're of that nature, we should try to convince people that Krishna is God and that we're His servants. If we have a tendency to want to organize things, then we should try to organize some part of the Sankirtan movement, at least organize our lives and our house so that we're engaged in Krishna's service. And if we have some resources, as much as we can, utilize those resources in Krishna's service. Even if it's in our own house, do something for Krishna. Then the result is, if we engage our propensity in Krishna's service, then naturally we'll develop an attraction for hearing and chanting about Krishna. If we serve Krishna, then naturally we'll, we'll, we'll want to hear about the person we're serving. Naturally, we want to uh, understand what that person wants. Naturally, we want to understand what he doesn't want, how I can improve my relationship with him. So, we focus our lives on trying to become Krishna conscious and engage in some kind of activity in Krishna's service according to our propensity, then gradually we'll become Krishna conscious by Krishna's arrangement. But again, We have to acquire knowledge. We have to have a perspective on that knowledge. We have to apply it skillfully in our lives. And then as conviction develops, we have to, because we need conviction, without conviction, knowledge and perspective, and even skills will will not be sufficient. So to develop conviction, we have to choose. Choose the right thing to do, and when the wrong thing comes to mind, we have to give it up. And then when we see the happy result of giving up the wrong things and applying ourselves to the activities of devotional service, and as Krishna reciprocates with us, because Krishna is very anxious to reward us with his benedictions, then our conviction will grow that this process of devotional service is what will, what will make my life actually successful. Then gradually as we see that we become an instrument of Krishna, then we'll see developing the characters, the character of a pure devotee is not only the most beneficial thing for me, but it's the most beneficial way I can help all living entities in this this world. The more we become an instrument for Krishna, the more we benefit and the more we can benefit others also, no matter who they are. The more Krishna will give us intelligence how to actually help people spiritually, and by helping people spiritually, then automatically, as their sinful activities diminish, therefore their suffering will diminish also. And as it says in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna will also supply, for those who are devotees, he carries what they lack and, and maintains what they have. So Krishna will help all living entities, all, especially human beings, if we help them become Krishna if we become Krishna conscious, then we'll be taken care of, and we should be convinced that if we help others become Krishna conscious, then that is at their best interest also. So again, externally, we may have a body that we can use it to preach Krishna service and Krishna consciousness, either by telling others about Krishna, or by organizing so others can be told about Krishna, or by supplying the means by which others can be told about Krishna or by simply assisting, somehow or another, those who are either gaining resources for Krishna's service, or organizing for Krishna's service, or telling others about Krishna's service. Uh, if we assist them, they will also become benefited. Now, in our daily lives, we have to make a living. Unfortunately, we can't put up our hands, and the demigods throw everything we need. We're lucky if they throw rain sometimes. In any case, we may have to have been engaged in what Prabhupada calls a hard struggle for material existence. That's part of existence in material Kali Yuga. But at the same time, we should have some sense of Krishna consciousness. We should understand what the results of my work should go for. If the results of my work are going so that I can maintain myself and my family, whatever, so we can engage in devotional service, that's also devotional service. And if the results are going so that some of it can be engaged in the spreading of Krishna consciousness to others, then that's certainly devotional service. So we shouldn't be sorry that we have to engage in the struggle for material existence, for maintenance at least, but at the same time, we shouldn't become anxious to overly increase our material existence, that we need a bigger house, we need bigger house. car, we need a bigger, better wife or whatever, better husband. We need a bigger dog. We shouldn't get caught up in trying to increase our material existence. We should try to be satisfied with what comes of its own accord and at the same time, try to engage as much as possible in the activities of hearing and chanting while we're engaged in our, in our everyday normal maintenance in this material existence. Then the result is that gradually we'll make progress and as we become more and more conscious of Krishna, our lives, our spiritual lives will awaken because our spiritual life is our life and therefore we'll understand the reason why things are going on and we'll be able to fit in perfectly into the situation with full conviction, with full skill, with perfect character, with full knowledge and perspective and therefore our lives will become productive and we'll be able to help people, most other people effectively, how to make their lives productive in spiritual life also. So I'll stop there for now. Any comments or questions?
1: has a question. Okay. Can you, you're muted, Hare Krishna Maharas, thank you for a wonderful...
0: Hare Krishna.
1: Wonderful lecture. The question that pops up, it's uh, one thing that um, when TP told me, the previous temple president, he told me that uh, if you're sick, if you're living in a temple, and you get sick and you burn a lot of karma, much more than if, you, if you're not living in a temple and you're sick. And also he said that when when you're doing Harinam on the street, you burn, if you do it in your own hometown, you burn a lot more karma than if you do it in in another strange town. Can you elaborate that?
0: Sounds quite imaginative.
1: Okay.
0: The, our, our development of Krishna consciousness, according to Bhagavad Gita, depends upon our absorption in Krishna consciousness. It doesn't depend upon any other circumstance. I mean, Prahlad Maharaj <laughs> was engaged in devotional service in Krishna consciousness. He wasn't quite doing it in the temple. Although, obviously, wherever he was, because he was fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness, the uh, Vrindavan was there. Therefore, although a temple may be favorable because the, in the activities, hopefully in a temple, the temple means that everyone is engaged in Krishna's mission, either worshiping the deities or in spreading the holy name. And therefore, because of that conviction and that determination, those activities, it's more likely we'll remember Krishna and therefore become purified just like we can go to Vrindavan and everywhere in Vrindavan, there are different places in, in relation to Krishna. There's Govardhan, there there's Giri, there's uh, Bhangsi, Bihari temple, there's radha temple. But if we go to Vrindavan, well, if we go to Vrindavan and we're going there to see, find Krishna, we'll find Krishna everywhere there so many temples, so many people saying Jai Radhe, but if we go to Vrindavan on a shopping trip and we make the place of pilgrimage, like Bazaar, then the result is we're not going to remember Krishna. We'll simply remember the monkeys who are trying to steal our glasses, or we'll remember trying to deal with the wallers there, trying to bargain down the price. So we may have been in Vrindavan, but our consciousness may have been somewhere else. Just like many demons came to Vrindavan, but they didn't go back to Godhead, they may have become liberated, not all of them went back to Godhead, because they didn't go there, they went there to find Krishna, but not with the right attitude. So what to speak of someone who goes to a place, everything will depend upon their, their attitude, why they're going there, what they're trying to achieve, and whether or not they know properly, how much they know how to take shelter of Krishna, the perspective that they have and how they see things in relation to Krishna there, what is their skill in taking shelter of Krishna there, what is their conviction that that's what they're supposed to be doing there, and what kind of character they have, so that in spite of impediments or obstacles or other things that may be disappointing, they they still keep on keep on with their conviction and determination to go forward in any circumstance to become Krishna conscious. So such an, such an attitude may be helped by being in a temple, but it's not the only factor. And it's certainly not the deciding factor.
1: Must be what he meant. What's that? Must be what the teacher meant. Yeah. That's that was what he meant when it when it said must
0: be. I didn't quite understand that.
1: No, yeah, that I think yeah, that's what I agree. I agree. Okay. okay. Of, yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Anything else?
1: Hare Krishna Guru Mahidas. Uh, Alexander Prabhu has a question.
0: Okay. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Uh, thank you for your lecture. I have a question regarding to uh, today's Ekadashi. Is um, um, observing Ekadashi um, also service to Krishna? Since I'm not observing according to narration of Ekadashi, I'm doing uh, the uh, according to my capacities. Well. Probably so there are many people of course I don't think a is everywhere. Probably in, in Peru it's not a co- in Dallas it's probably not a codice. Thomas mm-hmm. Sandra, is it a now in it's probably yesterday? Ah. Who? Uh Mahamandri, quando es a in, in Peru? I'm where is this good I think such so is today Guru
1: Mahadash, in Peru.
0: Okay. It's today. It's today.
1: It's
0: today. today. Yes. In America, it's today. Today, Peru,
1: today.
0: Oh, it's today. Okay. Yeah. In Russia? Today. Okay, so everywhere it's today. But Prabhupada said one time that many people in the hospital probably today, if there are many people in the hospital, they may be fasting also. But it doesn't mean because they're fasting, they're observing a kādasi. So kādasi means, for us especially, it means to go through some austerity, such as not eating grains or beans on a kādasi, and at the same time, try to absorb the mind more in Krishna because by lowering the material necessities, then we try to increase our activities in Krishna's service. That's the important thing about goddessy. It's an opportunity to absorb the mind more in Krishna and practice. So we have certain days that are called festival days, and on those festival days, we should make some special effort to become more Krishna conscious, that's all. Now, there are certain rules and regulations laid down, but most of them we just kind of adopt. For instance, exactly what grains are, exactly what beans are, exactly what other things are is sometimes unclear, but we follow some standard at least. Uh, Grains are generally heavier, and therefore they take the conscious. It takes longer to digest, more energy, and that may distract us from meditating more deeply upon Krishna. Anything else?
1: Rakrishnaguru Mharash. Tirtapada Prabhu has a question.
0: Okay. I can't hear you, Tirtapada. There's no sound.
1: Uh he his he's he's on. I don't know why he's um
0: yeah, is that better? Yes. Okay. Sure. So you're mentioning about perspective, and the Prabhupada gave us a perspective that we should, uh, when we're chanting, we should chant like a baby crying crying out for for its mother. I was wondering, um, the baby would normally be calling out out of distress rather than devotion. Well, so I don't know, the baby feels separation from the mother. There's a feeling of love there, really. That was the important thing there. There may be some distress, but there's a feeling of love and separation. Robert wasn't trying to emphasize that we're, we should chant like a tortured baby. We should chant like a loving baby. These are generally innocent and they have a great attachment to their mother. So that attachment we should feel. Devotional service is it's supposed to be joyful. So it's not that my dear Krishna come and end my suffering. My dear Krishna is that you're so beautiful, you're so wonderful, you're so everything, that without you I can't exist and we should feel that it would be so nice if I could actually become Krishna conscious and feel the association and protection of Krishna, and then my life would actually become complete and blissful. So we're chanting Hare Krishna. We have the direct opportunity to associate with Krishna and Shumata Rarani and their associates. If we can just chant in such a way as we have the proper knowledge of how to chant, we have the perspective of what we're trying to achieve. We have the skill of how to chant and simply listen and chant feelingly. We have the conviction that there's nothing else I should be doing. This is perfect. This is the most important thing in my life. And then we develop the character of which our chanting becomes better and better and better. That our daily life is such that we're prepared when we're chanting Hare Krishna during our sadhana get the maximum benefit from it. We've heard about Krishna during the day. We related to others in terms of Krishna consciousness. We've lived our our life in Krishna consciousness for the other part of the day. And now we have an opportunity to concentrate on calling for Krishna in a loving way. And then because, because during the day we had the proper conviction, we had the proper knowledge, we had the proper perspective, proper character, and therefore the chanting has become much more effective. So it's not that we have some separate life. We sit down in sadhana and we chant, and then for the rest of the day we're a rascal. You know, we come to the temple or we're doing our sadhana, and there's a big halo around our head. Then, as we stop, two little horns start creeping up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I feel more natural. A, <laughs> begin my normal life again. No, we have to integrate po- both parts of our life so that our chanting becomes more and more feelingly, more and more attentively, and the rest of our life becomes benefited from that so that we have knowledge of how to live the rest of our life, we have a perspective of how to live the rest of our life, we have skills in how to live our rest of our life in Krishna consciousness, and we have conviction that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, there's nothing more important to that. And therefore, we're developing the character of a pure devotee, whether in the temple or outside the temple. Thank you, Gurudev. Hare Krishna. Anything else?
1: Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Any other questions, please? Any question? Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, thank you very much for your class. I have a question. What uh, difference between uh, religion and a sp- spirituality. Sometimes people or devotees uh, uh, practice uh, religion and don't have um, uh, some rituals and don't have bhakti, don't have uh, love in his uh, work, doing and another. What difference and how uh, we do practice uh, uh, spirituality uh,
0: properly? But Prabhupada writes, religion without knowledge, without intelligence, is fanaticism or sentimentalism. And knowledge or intelligence without religion is simply dry speculation. So we need a combination. Our intelligence has to be engaged so that we can fix our mind upon Krishna. Prabhupada writes, blind following, which is fanaticism, and absurd inquiries, which is mental speculation, are condemned. Once you not only hear it submissively, but once you get a clear understanding through submission, service, and inquiry. So we're beginning with some knowledge. So we become a little submissive. We understand how Krishna is the proprietor of everything, how Krishna is the controller of everything, how Krishna is the enjoyer of everything, how Krishna is the friend of everyone, we're gaining some knowledge. And then we're gaining some perspective to see things, how everyone and everything is related to Krishna. And then it develops into some skill so that we're actually engaged in service to Krishna in some way or another, in his mission, in his activities that he wants us to do. And then gradually the conviction will come that Krishna is God, that we are his servants. Now, those who are simply following religious principles, religious principles are the beginning, such as cleanliness, austerity, mercy, and truthfulness. These are the real religious principles that one should follow, but they're not the end. That simply by refraining from sinful activities and following pious activities will bring us to the point of hopefully tolerating the sinful reactions that were due, the simple the circumstances that cause us suffering, so that we're able to maintain Krishna consciousness in any circumstance, whether it's favorable or unfavorable. Then the result is after learning tolerance, we can actually accept real devotional service and rise to the platform of actually understanding Krishna properly. Then after developing absorption in Krishna consciousness, then we can actually uh, develop love for Krishna, pure love for Krishna. So religious principles will keep, hopefully bring one to the mode of goodness, but the mode of goodness is not spiritual. Even in the mode of goodness, one has to take another body again and come back and suffer and enjoy the results of one's activities. Only when one transcends the mode of goodness, and understands their relationship to Krishna and utilizes their body, mind and words, faith and refuge in Krishna's service does it become spiritual. Only when they begin to understand how Krishna is the only object of worship and love and Krishna's devotees and cooperate with Krishna's devotees to spread Krishna consciousness to the best of their ability and avoid the, un, the atheists and to try to defeat their propaganda does one's activities actually become spiritual? And so ultimately, to summarize it, spiritual means to remember Krishna and to serve Krishna as he wants us to serve him. Otherwise, if we're not remembering Krishna, we're not engaged in some service according to his authorization by his rep- through his representatives, then what we're doing may be pious, but we're trying to keep clean, we're austere, we're merciful and we're truthful, but it's material. Although it certainly will elevate us and help to hopefully to elevate us to the point that we'll be able to understand the importance of devotional service. Hmm. Our devotional service alone will liberate us from the material conceptions of life. Alright, anything else? Any la- one last question?
1: Uh, Guru Maharaj, two, la- two last question, please. Uh, Nitya Seva has a question.
0: Okay. You're in Delhi, Nitya Seva? Hi, Krishna. Buddha. Are you in Delhi? Yeah. In Delhi? Okay.
1: Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, I was, uh, sometime back, I was reading this story about Ekadashi that there was this, uh, somebody was cursed, and they did not know about Ekadashi, but accidentally they, that day was Ikadushi, and they observed the fast, and they got liberated from what they were cursed. So, I was just wondering that uh, those people who do not know about Ikadushi, and they observed the fast accidentally, so do they get the Benefit, full well, benefit or something.
0: Yeah, they lose weight. <clears throat> These books, like that Akadisi book, are really not meant for us. That's Karma These stories about Akhandazi were are there because people they won't even you know they're eating five times a day. They can't even imagine, you know. Fasting for them means to eat four times a day. So therefore there has to be some encouragement for them to actually do some austerity. Otherwise they won't do any austerity. So there's always some benediction offered. Otherwise they won't follow anything. But we shouldn't think, you know, I just ran over three Brahmins on the street. I better fast today. I better follow the and then if I run up for another Brahman, I can to really make such a difference. I can just pass the next time too. That's not what a Codice is meant for, for us. Maybe for the materialists, it's an opportunity to do some austerity, which they never would do. But for us, it's an opportunity to remember Krishna more, not to get rid of our curses. Our curse is that we have, we've accepted a material body and a material mind, we have material intelligence. That's our curse. And if we chant Hare Krishna on a Harakadasi, maybe it'll help us get free from that curse. Okay, nice seeing you all. Seeing some Excuse
1: of you. We
0: see your names.
1: Guru uh, Maharaj. So we look Yes. I'm sorry, Guru Maharaj is the last question. Is Madhuri okay. Deviasi? Please. Who? Madhuri Devi. Hare de Krishna Maharaj. What you good, to are you? I'm what from are India, you? New Delhi. Mataji yeah, isn't Hare Krishna. Are you getting my Hare voice?
0: Krishna?
1: Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Maharaj.
0: Okay, my Duryodhana. Hare Krishna. Did you have a question?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I have been suffering from coronavirus since last month. I'm not well and I'm not able to uh, do any of service at home or in there. I'm always chanting in rounds and a little bit reading. I'm totally in bed. How can I understand my consciousness in Krishna Bhakti? It's very well, difficult. For-
0: yeah, it's, it's difficult. Sorry to hear that you're not well, but it's the body that's not well. Coronavirus, whatever it may be, you know, is the, can affect the soul because it's, we're transcendental. On the other hand, it's a great opportunity when we get sick like that to practice remembering Christian in spite of the, the, the difficulty because this is a great preparation for the time of death where we're not going to be able to get up and distribute books at the time of death. Sell, so I'm going to sell my one last book out in the street. No, we have to practice remembering Krishna in difficulty. So it's a great opportunity to practice that. And therefore, when the time of death comes, you'll be able to easily pass the test test because you passed it while you were alive. Thank you so much. Hare
1: Krishna. Hare Krishna.
0: All right. Look forward to see you all again. Hare Krishna. Glorious to Sri Prabhupada. Glorious to yourselves. Some Veda Bhakti Brindaki Jai. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So next time next time, if you all have some questions, you can write them down. And maybe we'll have a question and answer session next time, also. All
1: right.
0: Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare
1: Krishna.